Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim G.K. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Core Business Show. This is part four of our series of Marketing to the Government. Um, this one will be marketing to the GSA. Uh, tomorrow we have another episode to talk a little bit more about the D, uh, GSA, what they're all about. We've done previous shows, but it will go how to apply. This one is how to market. So it's kind of out of a sequence. But for those who are G, uh, wannabe GSA schedule holders, this is how you're going to market to them. So let's go ahead and begin with the show uh, after commercial break. You're listening to The Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. already talked about uh, using the GSA schedule as a key part of your marketing effort, and we also talked a little bit about uh, the requirements that you have for administering the schedule. 
So we're going to talk about how we do some of those things, how you modify it, for instance. We talked about some of the possibilities of, of going in and requesting a change to the schedule. We're going to talk about preparing a marketing briefing. And we get it. It's, what is it? It's a vehicle. It's a vehicle. Uh, you know, the uh, GSA has been called the uh, Walmart of the government. They provide provisions to buy virtually everything and everything that's available in the commercial marketplace. The things that they don't buy are the things that are not available in the commercial marketplace, you know, fighter planes and, and aircraft carriers and that sort of thing. Once you have a schedule and, and uh, you start to get orders and so on and you have your audits, uh, as long as you've administered crisply and, and your files and your records uh, pass audit and so on, you're building a good uh, relationship with that uh, contracting officer. And as those orders are performed, if you perform them uh, 110% instead of just 100%, then you're building a relationship with that, uh, that client, that customer. As I said, you have to pay the uh, industrial funding fee. And that's done in the month after a particular quarter. Every month after a quarter where you've had business, you must send a check to GSA. The, some people get a GSA schedule and they don't do any marketing. And they never get any orders. You know, when, in marketing school, at sales school at IBM, we were told, you must touch a customer some way every day. You, you send them an email, you call them on the phone, you stop by and see them, you send them a, a little handwritten note, you somehow make contact with a customer every day. And that's one of the things that we have to get across, I guess, here is that the key to all of this is the ability to market yourself, market your company, market your services. And the point we're trying to make with the GSA schedule is that's a tremendous vehicle for you to have. When you walk into a government office and you convince them that, that what it is you do, they want, if they look at a 268-day cycle to get to you, they're not going to deal with you. They're going to find somebody that does the same thing you do, who's also been calling on them, and has a schedule. It's a door opener. It's a, uh, an entree into your customer set. I have one guy who got a schedule two years ago. He didn't have an order yet because he hasn't been doing the marketing. And I understand, you know, in a small business, I, I've never, I've never uh, been in businesses probably as small as you. I've, I've been in facilities that had maybe seven, 800 people, which I guess would not really be small. But in, in that type of a, of a setting, I had to do a lot of things that I, that I wouldn't have done in a bigger setting. In addition to being the contracts and procurement manager for that facility, I also was responsible for the cafeteria. And I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> and I got the complaints of when the, the hot links were too hot and so on. It, it, just by way of saying that in a small business, you have to do a lot of things. And I understand you do. You're, you're, you're running the business. You're running the machine shop. You're running the machines. So you, you don't have time to do a lot of these things. But you have to take the time at the beginning of every day. We used to put on our blackboards who we were going to call the next day. 
how we were going to contact that person the next day. And that's one of the techniques. You have to be disciplined on that to, to make those marketing calls, whether they be emails, whether they be phone calls, whether they be personal notes, whether you stop by the guys down the street so you stick your head in for morning coffee. Somehow you have to make sure these clients, these customers know who you are and what you do. And the, the schedule is an entree into the government. Obviously it's not going to work with your uh, commercial customers. But your commercial customers don't have that 268-day time lag either. When you convince them you want when you Bob, when you convince them they want to do a, uh, a machine shop action with you, what, how long does it take for you to get a contract? They just say do it, right? You, you got it today. Yeah, I mean, it happens right away. Government is not going to happen. I can recall, I mentioned the cafeteria. Uh, we had something that had broken in the cafeteria, and we had to have a welder to come in and fix it. So I looked in the phone book, and here was a welder, uh, you know, within a mile of the plant. So I called him up and said, here, we need you to weld such and such. Uh, can you come in today? Yeah, I'll make it there this afternoon. Uh, what's your bill going to be? It'll be uh, $200. Okay, that's fine. Okay, and he said, no, you, you understand, you have to pay me when I come. I said, well, no, you submit a, uh, an invoice and so on. And we'll, No, no, no. <laughs> he said, you pay me when I come. <laughs> he said, I don't step in the door unless you're there with the payment. <laughs> we hired him, sure. Yeah. We needed him, right? <laughs> and he was a small businessman. He didn't have a provision. He was a welder. You know, he welded out his truck. He didn't have the provision to... The ability to send us an invoice and wait till it went through the process, and then a check got cut and mailed to him. He said, "I got, I got to pay today." <laughs> so we went and got the controller of the facility to write a check <laughs> on the spot. Okay, we already uh, started there with the industrial funding fee. The end of the quarter, that following month, you have to report. Have to report. You have to also upload your price list to GSA Advantage. And I said, the, the software that they provide to do that is very difficult to use, very difficult to use. I, in fact, I, I, uh, somebody sent me their, their price list uh, just the other day, and uh, it was in a, a very small font, nothing around it other than a couple of type lines and with about... Uh, six spaces between each line. So you read the first, and you thought, was well, this all there's in here? And you well, my page, well, yeah, here's another line down here, and here's another, you know, it's a total, and, and it had been done using the software that the that GSA provides. And so I sent him an email, and I sent him the name of the, the guy that we recommend, because he does a good job, and he's relatively inexpensive, and say, hey, you know, get with this guy, and get this thing prettied up, because <laughs> you're never going to sell anything off this thing. Uh, so the reason for doing this is that so when you walk into your customer's office, you don't have to carry that whole GSA schedule contract, 150 pages. They extract from that a price list. And the price list is more than prices. It's terms and conditions. It governs how quickly you're going to deliver and, and that sort of thing. So uh, that's a subset of that overall contract. And so they put it up on, on uh, GSA Advantage, 
so that your customer can easily go and see that, and you don't have to carry this thing in and distribute it every place you go. It used to be when you got a GSA schedule. And some of them, you know, when you're talking to somebody like IBM, I mean, the schedule was thick, as thick as this. And it was a full-size page. And the requirement on that of when you got that schedule was that you had to print umpteen thousand copies of those. And that anybody in the government that would request that, you know, could you'd have to send that copy to them. And you know, when back in the before the days of, of stuff like this, uh, when I would uh, go into a customer, I would always have a copy of that schedule in my briefcase and leave it with the customer. I mean, we, we printed thousands of those, thousands of those things. You don't have to do that anymore because it's on GSA Advantage. These are all things that we've uh, we've we've talked about. We need to. We're going to show you how to access the uh, GSA Advantage and the uh, schedules e-library to get information. Uh, we need to register for e-buy. Uh, that's going to be a requirement. Uh, so that they can get to you uh, via eBuy. We can download publications from the uh, Vendor Support Center. That's a whole uh, area that's set up for your support, to support vendors. Uh, not only for the uh, GSA Advantage, but to help you during the time that you're performing your, uh, your contract, to help you administer it, to uh, uh, give you assistance. And again, that's not because they're altruistic. It's because they need you to be able to do these things in order to uh, satisfy their clients who are also your clients. Again, uh, pay the fee quarterly. And it's 0.75%. Uh, I had an inter interesting discussion with uh, one contracting officer that she said the, the discount we were offering wasn't big enough. I said, well, you really have to increase the discount by 0.75% because, in effect, that's a discount. At the end of the uh, three-month period, I no longer have that 0.75%. That's a discount. Well, if you put it that way, because <laughs> that's out of your pocket. I mean, that's, you're not getting that money. You're giving it to GSA. Again, the GSA Advantage, uh, you can use it for competitive research because you can see your competitors' uh, prices. You can at least see what they have on their schedule. And if you're in there at $100 and they're in there at $95, you know you're going to have to discount in order to get a particular deal below $95. Now, you don't know how far you're going to have to go, but you know you're going to have to go below 95 in order to get that. You're probably going to have to. And the government can use this. Uh, if they've decided that they want to uh, uh, restrict something to a particular class of uh, contractor, they can use this to go in and find those folks. Now, if you're the guy that they want to go with, and it's over $100,000, they're going to—they're going to obviously—they're going to select you, but they're going to find two other people off these lists that meet the same criteria that they're—that they're specifying. I mentioned the software that you use to uh, upload to. Uh, GSA Advantage. It's a SIP software, Schedules Input Program. It's tough to use. <laughs> I've used it. It's tough to use. Uh, and and any time I've seen a uh, an upload that was done with that, they don't look good. They, that listing on uh, GSA Advantage has to be maintained. Has to be updated. 
has to be current. Anytime you do a, uh, a modification, whether, you, whether you're adding products, whether you're changing prices, uh, anything that gets changed in there has to be uploaded on a regular basis. And I say, uh, we said Walmart, it's kind of like a uh, uh, Amazon.com here on uh, GSA Advantage uh, because you can, you can cover the world with the products that are listed up there. Everything that's on schedule is listed on GSA Advantage. Uh, this is a <laughs> this is one of the points that uh, Ted makes. Here's a Hummer <laughs> on the GSA schedule. <laughs> you got an extra at the end of the fiscal year. You got an extra $162,000, and you can buy a Hummer. Yeah, you need to have a crisp set of files so that when that auditor comes in and checks how you're accounting for this business how you're handling the, uh, the modifications that go for, that you have a crisp set of files that you can answer all of those questions immediately. It's a lot like when the IRS comes in and wants to look at your return. You, know, you have to be able to document what it is that you've been attempting to do under that contract. And if you can't, then you're going to get dinged. And you need to keep a separate uh, file for each of the orders that you get. Uh, those are really separate from the contract file. The contract file covers the uh, the thing that you signed, any modifications to that, the price list, and so on. Each order references that contract, but is a separate little deal. It has to be filed separately and accounted for separately. Because, well, the reason being that you have to be able to show, in a, particularly in the services area, you have to be able to show uh, an accounting between the hours that you recorded that you're attempting to bill for back to that order, directly to that individual order that you got. And then from that individual order, you have to be able to go to the invoice that you submitted to the Navy who were buying that, uh, that, those services. You don't submit the invoices to GSA. They go to the people that bought the service. So each order has to be separate because they're standalone. They're auditable, standalone. Now that you know, when, when you're when you're a, when you're a uh, two or three or five or ten person company, that's I say that's that's a that's a file drawer, and and one person in the company has got to be designated that with that responsibility to make sure that gets that gets done because you're going to be audited. When you get when you get a little a little bigger, you get a little more sophisticated, then you can have uh, uh, databases and that sort of thing. But you have to have separate files for those, and you have to have a master file for the uh, contract. bit of words here on the audit. The audits are going to come in. You have to be able to match everything to, their, uh, to the uh, invoices. One of the reasons they want to do that is because they need to verify that you've uh, paid the correct IFF. They want to see the invoices that are behind the amount of money that you paid in the IFF. Yeah, you can. We, we talked earlier about uh, uh, how you can modify the uh, uh, the contract. You can always add new products. You can change the prices. Uh, you can always change the prices uh, downward. They love to have you do that. Uh, they also are quite adamant that if products are no longer available, they want them off the schedule. Because when somebody goes to GSA Advantage and looks at your, at your price list and there's something on there that's no longer available, you know, they waste time. 
They come to you and I'm sorry, that's uh, that's no longer available. Well, why is it on this? Why is it still on your schedule? So when you have to make sure that the schedule stays current. When products go away or services go away, get them off the schedule. Changing prices. There's a couple of provisions. You can always lower the prices, but there's a couple of provisions where you can raise them. You can raise the prices of products uh, as the marketplace changes. Now you have to show that the marketplace has changed in order when you go in uh, and say, "Look, uh, I'm selling this for ten dollars, but see the marketplace has got this up to twelve dollars now, and and here's the invoices where I've sold them in the commercial marketplace for twelve dollars. So I want to change my price to uh, eleven fifty. I'm going to give you a discount off that commercial price. Uh, you can do that three times a year, no more no more often than three times a year. Uh, there's another provision uh, for services where you can tie your price change to a particular index that's published by the federal government, Department of Labor or, or Commerce. You, you pick an index that reflects your industry, and then you would tie your prices to that index, and, and you would state that in your proposal, and there's a place to do that. And, and then those prices then become automatically increased. Every year you come back to the beginning of your year, and your year starts whenever the contract's signed. It's not the fiscal year. Uh, you come back on that date and say, okay, the index is now shows uh, an increase of 5%. So you get a 5% increase in your prices. So don't worry about the fact that these prices are, are fixed because they're only fixed for a certain period of time, and you can, and you can change those prices. You can increase the prices. They can reflect what's occurring in your marketplace. You're listening to The Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Add or delete at any time. Now, when you want to add a product, you have to show that you've sold it in the commercial marketplace. You have to come in and say, okay... People bought this for whatever price. And then, now, if you're selling an IBM computer, you don't have to show that you sold it. You just have to show that it was sold. See, when you're a, when you're a reseller, you're, you you don't have to show that. You somebody else has sold it. Somebody sold it, right? Somebody sold it, and you, there's a lot of ways of, of establishing that. Product prices can be changed. Uh, the labor categories. Uh, you can't go and willy-nilly make changes to your either your products or your labor categories unless they're reflected in your commercial price list. Everything has to relate back to the commercial price list. That's the whole basis for these GSA schedules. These are commercial products, commercial services, sold in the marketplace. When we had my furniture manufacturer, we didn't have the invoices for the rates. So the, the the government makes some provision that you can go in on a cost basis if you don't have the basis, the way to show them uh, commercial prices. And so I offered that. I said, look, we can come in and show you the cost buildup to get to these rates. No, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. Well, can we show you that we, what we would have charged? Yeah, we can do that. So that's the way we went. But we had to use these commercial price lists as the basis for those rates. Unfortunately, as I say, he didn't have anybody who had uh, paid specifically that rate for that service. But he had gotten the service, and he had an invoice that showed he'd gotten the service. 
Another point we've talked about, those orders are not between uh, you and GSA. Those orders are between the agency that's doing the buying. That's why these orders have to be kept separate. The order has to have its own file, its own separate file. It has to stand alone because you have to be able to relate what you provided to that particular order and go from that order to the invoice and then to the IFF. The schedule contract is going to have some requirements in it as to what has to be on your invoices. And those invoices have to be in accordance with those requirements. So that's another thing. Once you get the contract, you've got to sit down the person that's responsible for doing the invoicing and say, okay, this is what the contract says. This is what has to be on my invoices. And they have to comply with that. <laughs> they might, might get somebody like uh, Mary Sue has had... Uh, who will bounce your invoices. And they will. If they're not in accordance with the requirements in the contract, they get bounced. And then the, the 30 days starts over again when you put your new invoice in. She's got a different situation, but it's, it's somewhat related to that. If you have a current contract where you're in some agency doing it, maybe it'd even be a, a minor effort doing maintenance on something. Get into that co the government agency. You've got access at that point. You've got access that nobody else has if they don't have a contract with that agency. And depending on what kind of access you have, it isn't classified agency. Go up and down the halls. Find people. Talk to people. Go to the cafeteria when, uh, when people are there at lunch. Talk to people. Uh, make sure that the people you have assigned there that are doing the maintenance, keep their ears open. What do you hear about the, the new job coming down the pike? And, and, and make sure they let you know that. It's a tremendous increase to your marketing abilities to have people in the agency. If you have a situation where you need to uh, uh, team with somebody in, in order to respond to a particular requirement, you know, the government uses teaming arrangements. In the commercial marketplace, that's often called restraint of trade. But in the government marketplace, the government recognizes that some of their requirements are unique enough that not one company is maybe going to be able to, to supply all the, uh, all the requirements. And so they, they encourage teaming agreements uh, where people can team to get a, uh, a particular contract. Now, in a teaming agreement, and we have some more words on that later, one of the team members becomes the prime contractor and the other team member becomes the subcontractor. But the point we're trying to make here is that those team members have customers. They have other customers other than what you have. And you need to work with them to find out who, the, who those people are, how you can get to them, what are their phone numbers, what kind of things are they buying, are they buying other, in other areas, things that, that you could provide. And that's a different, it's a tremendous resource to be able to use team members to uh, help you market your services. Every agency forecasts what it's going to be buying. Make sure you check those agency forecasts on a regular basis. Have somebody in your organization that once a week or once a month, probably more likely once a week, go to those agency websites and check the forecasts. The sooner you find out about something, the sooner you're going to be able to respond to it. There was, a, there was another study done about 20 years ago, probably 30 years ago now. It said that if the first time you hear about a requirement, is when the solicitation comes out. You've got less than a 5% chance of winning that. Because you didn't have any input at all into, into what, what went into that solicitation. 
Now, that's not as bad as uh, on the GSA schedule because these are standard products. And if you're one of those three that they come and get prices from, then, then you do stand a chance of winning. But I, they haven't done what, <laughs> what Clay was describing and picked somebody a thousand miles away so that it affected the price. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is that you have to be have done the marketing. You have to have had some input into this thing. There's all kinds of uh, industry publications that are out there uh, in your particular industry. And read those because there's all kinds of things that are mentioned in those. In the, uh, the IT industry, there, there must be probably uh, 150 different publications that deal with what the government is buying, uh, what's the current trend, uh, what, what software are they looking at, and so on. And just be aware of all of those things in your particular industry. So that you can adjust what it is you do to accommodate those changes. And, and see, it's all driven by the budget process. In order to get the money for what they wanted to buy today, they had to do a budget submission uh, uh, two years ago or a year ago. And that budget submission then is what drives what they're telling you on their, uh, on their websites. You know, what, what are the practical things that you take into account when you, uh, when you start to do this, this initial marketing in an area like this, your small business? Get the phone book. Get a map and draw a circle, maybe 50 miles. And look up every federal agency that's in that uh, circle. And then determine which ones of those federal agencies that are in that circle that you'd like to address. Because your, your marketing capabilities as a very small business are somewhat limited. You're limited by geography. So if you've got somebody that's in this that you can go and see that's the best marketing you can do. Yeah, I would do that starting tomorrow. And practical reasons for that. Number one, you've got to do that anyway. You've got to do your marketing independent of whether or not you have a GSA schedule. And when you do that marketing and you get order, you get business in that area, it supports getting the schedule. So the two are hand in glove. The uh, Office of Small Disadvantaged Business Utilization each agency has an OSDEBU that you can contact, and their, their sole purpose is to help the agency do business with small businesses. That's their whole purpose. So they can tell you about incumbents, and that's valuable information for a couple of reasons. One, they can tell you when the contract's going to be over, and so it's going to be a re-procurement action, so you start your marketing and get in line to, for that re-procurement. They also... It's important to you because you can become a subcontractor to those guys, the incumbents. And once you become a, if you become a subcontractor, you start to have credentials with that government agency. Because they know you now. And make sure when you're a subcontractor, make sure that you get to talk to the ultimate customer. Now, some, some prime contractors will put in their subcontracts. Hey, you can't have any contact with my customer. Hey, resist that. You want to be able to contact that customer. You want to be able to contact the government agency. And you don't necessarily have to agree to that kind of a term in a subcontract. Uh, even if you put that in, even if they put that in because they say, hey, I'm not going to give you the contract unless you accept that. Well, you accept it. But you go to the cafeteria when you're there, and you run into somebody, right? All these government people have name tags on. Do you, we had people at IBM that, that practically lived in the Pentagon. They knew everybody in the Pentagon. They knew everybody that would have ever have any impact on the, their business in that Pentagon. 
Now, obviously, you're not going to be able to do that. You've got to run the business. But when you have one of these uh, arrangements, you have a subcontracting arrangement, you have a, uh, an arrangement with the customer directly, get yourself into that agency and, and meet people. These Ostebuch also can put you in contact with uh, teammates because they know when the procurements are coming down and they know when there's going to be one that says, hey, you know, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be tough for a small business to do, but here's another guy that has a, another part of that capability. He'll mention it to you. Why don't you team with so-and-so? The uh, e-buy is one of the things that you're going to have to uh, register for. And, and uh, as opposed to uh, GovBizOps, the requirements that are going to be listed on eBuy are for schedule orders. So you're not dealing with people with the rest of the population. You're only dealing with people that have schedules, only competing with the people that have schedules. And you must, you must register, and, and that's a pretty straightforward uh, process. It's not like the SIP uh, software. And your response would be submitted through that website. So you, you would, instead of having to write a letter and, and, and mail it and so on, you would uh, submit your response through that uh, website electronically, which makes it easier, makes it much quicker. Once you get with a particular government customer, you want to try to find out who the, who the decision makers are. Who's going to decide who's going to buy this? Who's going to decide what you're going to buy? You want to make contact with contracting officers. I used to have people come in to me when I was in contracts. And they want to spend time and, and, and market with me. And I tell them, hey, I'd love to have you come in. Uh, I'd love to talk to you. I had one guy that I'm, I'm from upstate New York, and he would come down from GE up in Syracuse. And he'd always bring me the local Syracuse paper that I, I had delivered as a kid, you know. And, and uh, we'd want, he'd want to sit around and talk. And I would say, you know, I'd love to have you come down. I'd love to have these talks. But, you know, you're really not, you're really not making any points with the people that are going to decide what it is we buy. And you want to be dealing with those folks. You have to deal with the contracts officer. And one of the things that I would do for them is say, okay, you need to be talking to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. So that's an asset that you can have once you find out who the contracting officer is. Then you can find out from that person who the technical people are that you need to be, con you need to be marketing to. Yet you, when you're going to meet with a customer, you need to have a briefing. You can't just walk in at that first meeting and sit down and, and uh, uh, talk about uh, the weather or, uh, or your dogs or whatever. You need, you need to have a reason for being there. You need to have a briefing. You need to be spelling out what it is you do and why what you do is going to be an advantage to this activity. And make it specific. Once you find out what that agency does, what that particular office does, Make your briefing specific to what they do. Now, you know, this can be a cost thing. I mean, you have, you have marketing materials, right? And they kind of cross the board. Well, it's going to be difficult to modify those for each of these customers. So when you're doing your across-the-board marketing stuff, whether they be brochures or whatever, try to do it in such a way that they're easy to modify so that you can spit out another couple of uh, uh, versions to fit this particular customer situation. Again, the point is you need, to, you need to be convincing that agency that you can satisfy their needs, not that they're going to satisfy your needs. 
mean, your needs are to, to make a sale. Their need is to get a particular requirement addressed. So you've got to show them that you can solve their problems. You can meet their needs. Sometimes you'll go to a uh, you'll go to a, an agency where the people don't really know how to do this. They don't know how to do a GSA schedule order. If you're in there trying to sell them on the schedule, GSA has an instruction book for them. Tell them exactly how to do it. Sometimes they look at you like they're suspicious that you're trying to pull the wool over their eyes. Now here's this. Here's the GSA instruction book that shows you exactly how to do this. The question that the clay had, if he's in Pennsylvania, they get a, they get a proposal from uh, Oregon and another one from Southern California for delivery in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Part of the reason they might have done that is because the guy that's doing the marketing had furnished those names. All right. He knows he you know you can beat them because they're they're uh, in Oregon. So you might furnish those names. Here's, here's a couple of other people that, that do the same thing that I do. No guarantee that it's going to work. No guarantee they're going to select those for the other two guys. It's worth a shot. But when you're talking about services, uh, anytime they're going to buy services, they're going to have a, a statement of work or a scope of work, and Somebody has to write that statement of work. Let me tell you, I wrote them when I was working for IBM and furnished them to the contracting officer, and that's what became back in our contract. So there's no reason why you can't offer to write the statement of work for them to assist them. You can even do such things as uh, uh, write a white paper and submit that to your technical customer and say, uh, you know, this is... Relating to what we talked about on your requirements, this is a suggested solution to uh, answering those requirements. And many times, that's the way it'll come back in the solicitation. I had a, uh, again, when I was a young uh, contract administrator at IBM, I was going in for a change to the contract. And I was explaining in the letter, uh, I'd like you to make a change to do the following. And, and my mentor said, no, no, no. He said, you don't want to do that. You want to write the change. You want to actually compose the change page to that contract, and you want to attach that to the letter. I'd like you to issue the change to the, my contract as described on the attached letter, on the attached uh, sheet. Nine times out of ten, it comes right back the same way. So you've structured the, uh, the, the, uh, the discussion or the argument by doing that. So if you get a chance, write a statement of work for your services. If you have a lot of really senior nurses, write that statement of work that requires senior nurses. It requires nurses in a, with a certain specialty. Another reason for having a schedule. You know, when you're responding to an RFP, that's a time-consuming, expensive, difficult process. It's, it's pages. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, having teams set up to respond to these things. The schedule, you don't have to do that. You respond to it on a one page. I'll do the following services you're asking for, and my price is so-and-so. In many cases, when you're talking about services, the customers are going to come back and say, yeah, you're in there at $100 an hour, but I want a fixed price for the 
the whole complement of services. When I'm going to buy 100 hours, I want a fixed price for that. That's fine. You, you can certainly agree to that. When the 100 hours are done, you collect your money, and, and if they want more time, then they have to come back and buy more hours. All you're, you're supplying is uh, the time, when you're time and material arrangement. But it's fixed price for that time, so if the rates change during that time, you absorb the difference in the rates. And we talked about the maximum order limitation. The regulations are very clear that if they're going to order something that's over the maximum order limitation, they should ask for a further discount. They're encouraged to ask for a further discount. And that, and that makes sense. That makes sense. You're talking about half a million dollar order. You know, you probably do another discount. Unless your product costs a half a million dollars a piece, you know. <laughs> so to review this, you have to administer that schedule. You have to administer. It has to be precise. You're going to be audited. And it's not difficult. It just means you have, somebody has to be assigned to do that. Somebody has to have that as part of their job description. You have to keep the schedule current. If products go off, they have to come off. If you want to add products, go ahead and add them, assuming that, that you can support the uh, commercial prices. Network with your uh, GSA customers. Prepare a marketing briefing when you go in to see that customer. And make a sale. Marketing to GSA. So we're going to continue probably another a series of selling to the government. Again, this show was called Marketing to the GSA. Thank you for listening uh, to the Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For more information about equipment financing and asset-based loans, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. Or call us at 866-611-7457. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to the core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. And thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.